0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's word and his presence to change your life. Well, welcome to church, everybody. Woo-hoo! It's already been so good. Did you guys have a happy Thanksgiving? Good Thanksgiving. Awesome. Hopefully not too much family drama. This nun. Good. Wow. You need to come minister to my family, sir. No, <laughs> this, uh, this is the evidence of uh, my Thanksgiving break. Um, if, you, if you spend about 10 minutes on a four-wheeler, you feel like a professional. <laughs> like so, something happens in the, like, in, the, in the mind of a guy yeah. that like after about 10 minutes riding that thing, it's like, oh, this is, um, I'm really, really good at this thing. And then uh, before you know it, it's flipping over. And uh, one broken collarbone and fractured rib later, you realize it's not as easy as they make it look on TV. But anyway, um, no, it's, it's really, really good to be back. And I, I, I do hope and pray you guys had just a refreshing time, a good break. And um, here we go, streaming towards the end, pushing towards December. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Hard to believe, yeah, so I, I don't know, I, I just, I even feel like, will you just take a deep breath with me, just, not too deep, broken rib makes that hard, <laughs> Oh, but just, yeah, take a breath and just, let's just lean in, but for, for the remainder of our time together this morning, I just, I want to welcome you just to slow down, take a breath, lean in, And I was reading the sign back here during worship. I wonder what God will do today. He's already done incredible things. But I trust and I expect that the Lord wants to meet you here this morning. And so let's just, let's go to prayer one more time. And I just want you to welcome Holy Spirit to come and do what only he can do. And as as Keith got that word for the spirit of revelation and wisdom, I believe that this could even be your first encounter with that that as you're listening to the words this morning, that the Lord is just gonna begin to give you download after download after download after insight, insight, insight into decisions you need to make, into prayers you need to pray, into things you need to do. So, Lord, right now, I just, I, I welcome your Holy Spirit just to stay and to linger. And we as a body, we choose to just slow down, <clears throat> to just slow down, to take a breath, to be here, to be fully here there's so much healing there's so much liberation there's so much life and just choosing to slow down and be fully invested here and now and so lord we just choose to do that to put aside all distractions to put aside all weight uh, to put aside all um, agendas and lord just to be with you this morning because you are so worth it and I pray for that spirit of revelation and wisdom, Lord, that you, just, that you would just meet these people here who would say they wanna hear you in ways like they've never heard you before. They wanna feel you in ways they've never felt. Maybe even physically experience you in ways that they've never physically experienced you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you to come do what only you can do this morning. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, well this morning we're gonna spend our time together talking about spiritual family. And I'm aware, uh, I'm a little bit late to the party here in Lubbock. Keith preached on spiritual family for about three weeks. Um, And I I feel like it's right though, and as I even processed with Keith and with the worship team and stuff beforehand, um, the words came out that we have to get this right. (laughs) We have to get this right. It's been prophesied time and time again as of late that this next wave of revival is gonna look like family. It's gonna look like family. It's gonna feel like family. So that said, we've gotta get this part right. We have to get spiritual family right. And I believe that there's a lot of people in the room this morning that if I were to ask the question, you would say like, yes, I feel like I'm engaged in spiritual family. And to you, I say, amazing, Keep going, keep pressing in, keep diving in, but maybe you find yourself here this morning and you would say like, that's not me. Maybe you don't fully even grasp what spiritual family is. Maybe you've got wounds in the area of spiritual family and you hear spiritual family, spiritual father, spiritual mother, spiritual son, spiritual daughter, and it even crawls all over you a little bit because of previous experiences. I just wanna say welcome, welcome to the table. I believe that the Lord is drawing us back to this place of spiritual family and we have the unique privilege and opportunity in this day, in this hour, to prepare for the Lord's soon coming return. And that's gonna look like spiritual family in this wave of revival. So I just welcome you, just take take honest evaluation and stock of where your soul is today. Are you engaging in spiritual family? Are you a spiritual father or mother? Are you pursuing a spiritual father or mother? Do you have spiritual brothers and sisters that you're walking with and you're doing life with? And I believe the Lord wants to draw us back to this place this morning. Prophet Dick Mills uh, from Bethel Church, um, I heard Bill Johnson quote this. He said, God blesses or afflicts you with the people that you need. Blesses or afflicts you with people that you need. There's probably like, Names and faces come into your mind right now. Like those are the, the afflictions people, those ones are pretty, pretty easy to identify. But I believe that to be true. He blesses or he afflicts us with people that we need. This is spiritual family. Spiritual family is um, it's engaging and it's choosing to love deeply, to trust fully, and to endure steadily. That's what spiritual family is. And I believe that there's three relationships that every disciple of Christ should have as we, um, as we engage in our relationship with Jesus. What it looks like to engage in spiritual family, um, it, is, it is finding someone to follow, it is leading someone, and it is running with people. These are three relationships that I think are pretty, um, extremely critical in our relationship with Jesus as a disciple. Um, The interesting thing about spiritual family, I've heard Braden describe it this way. uh, Spiritual family is the family that we get to choose. We don't get to choose our blood relatives that you just spent Thanksgiving with, but you get to choose your spiritual family. Um, In the modern era, in the Western world, uh, many of us don't live close to our, our actual families. You're here for work, you're here on location, you're here temporarily, you've been here for a decade, maybe you haven't seen your actual family in years and years. Well, this is where spiritual family, and even if you do have your family in this area, it doesn't nullify the value of spiritual family in your life. Uh, But spiritual family is the family that you get to choose. But here's the nuance of spiritual family. Just like we choose to engage in spiritual family, you also have the opportunity to disengage from spiritual family. And I believe that this is a trend that the father is bringing awareness to and attention to uh, today because I feel like kicking the pressure valve on spiritual family is a decision made too easily. Kicking the pressure valve after a disagreement after someone says something that you don't like, after you've been challenged in an area that you feel you're doing pretty well in, after somebody approaches you and says, hey, I noticed this thing in your parenting that I think you could really do better in, how do you respond? How do we engage with correction? How do we engage with, um, how do we engage with people building us up and encouraging us? I believe that the Lord is calling us back to spiritual family, um, and it's unto this wave of revival that's actually going to sweep through our our nation and through our world. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. uh, 23 through 25 in the New Living Translation says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. To participate in the body of Christ is to participate in the family of Christ. We are called to connection. We are called to spiritual family. I recently, I recently learned something about, about sheep. How many sheep people like, you know, you know a lot about sheep. I, did, I didn't realize this. Um, I'm more familiar with, like, the post-life of a sheep, like lamb chops and stuff. Like, I don't know much about the actual sheep raising process, but my daughter, Adeline, is actually showing a sheep this year. And so it's been like getting a drink out of a fire hydrant, trying to learn how to keep the sheep alive. They they try to kill themselves. They're idiots. Like sheep, they're just stupid. Like they are so dumb. Uh, But sheep are interesting. And I was actually listening to a teaching about sheep the other day. And uh, Bill Johnson was talking about how sheep are actually born with long tails. Did you know that? You're saying yes. Like, yeah, dude, you're an idiot. But like tails that actually drag the ground. I had no idea about that. I had no idea that sheep were born with long tails because anytime I see sheep, they've got dog's tails. Well, there's several ways that you can dock the tail of a sheep and the most common way is when they're born, when they're young, you dock it with like an elastic band that's really tight Uh, at whatever point you want the tail to be cut off. And then after about four weeks of that restriction, the end of the tail actually falls off, right? It's actually one of the more humane ways to go about docking the tail of a sheep. Interestingly enough though, if if you remove the tension from that plastic band, during the docking process, there are toxins in the dead portion of that tail from the, de- the decomposing matter in that tail and the toxic blood in that area. If you remove the tension, that blood will actually begin to recirculate through the lamb and it will kill the lamb. I want you to think about this. I feel as though what happens oftentimes because of church hurt, wounds from spiritual family, people will build their opinions and their speculations about the body of Christ, the family of Christ, outside of connection from the body and family of Christ. If you're forming your opinions and you're forming your speculations on the family of God, outside of connection from the family of God, you too can become toxic to the body of Christ. The Lord is drawing us back to a place of connection with His bride. These are honest conversations that I've even been having with myself over the past year and a half. Lord, what is my place in your body? What is, where, where do I belong? Where can I best serve your kingdom as a part of your bride? Who are the people that I need to run with? Who are the people that I need to look to for guidance? Who are the people behind me that I can hold their hand and say, hey, If you do this, this will be the outcome. Who are the brothers and the sisters that I can hold hands with and make strides for the kingdom of God with? It's the day, it's the hour, it's the time now to engage in spiritual family. Um, Forming opinions and speculations about the family of Christ outside of engaging with the family of Christ will never lend good results. I promise you that. Been there, done that, it's not healthy, <laughs> it's not good. Um, so he's calling us to re-engage. Um, I wanna read a, a passage out of 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 through 15, and it's fairly lengthy, so I'm just gonna ask you to just, just lean in with me. If you're reading along, I'm in the New International Version, 2 Kings chapter 2. But this is the tail end of the prophet Elijah, the tail end of his journey before he actually ascends into heaven and he's taken by chariots of fire. So the story goes that Elijah has a disciple named Elisha that has been following him. And this is kind of like the climax of that story where Elijah is is getting taken up to heaven. But before that, Elisha is is basically gleaning everything that he possibly can from the life of this man that he's been following, okay? So let's pick up here, 2 Kings chapter 2. Uh, starting in verse one. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven, it's gonna get confusing, Elijah and Elisha. I don't know why they couldn't have chose better names, but this is here we go. Second Kings two, verse one. When the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went down together to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came to Elisha and asked him, did you, not, or did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here for the Lord has told me to go to Jericho. But Elisha replied again, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. Recognize the theme, recognize the pattern. So they went on together to Jericho. Then a group of prophets from Jericho came to Elisha and asked him, did you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Of course I know, Elisha answered, but be quiet about it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has told me to go to the Jordan River. But again, Elisha replied, as surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I will never leave you. So they went on together. Fifty men from the group of prophets also went and watched from a distance as Elijah and Elisha stopped beside the Jordan River. Then Elijah folded his cloak together and struck the water with it. The river divided, and the two of them went across on dry ground. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I am taken away. So this is the ask. This is the moment where Elijah acknowledges the faithfulness of his spiritual son, Elisha, and says, now what can I do for you? You've been faithful, you've followed, you've stayed, you've endured, now what can I do for you? And Elisha replied, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into, carried by a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha saw it and cried out, My father, my father, I see the chariots, the charioteers of Israel. And as they disappeared from sight, Elisha tore his clothes in distress. Elisha picked up Elijah's cloak, which had fallen when he was taken up. Then Elisha returned to the bank of the Jordan River. He struck the water with Elijah's cloak and cried out, where is the Lord, the God of Elijah? Then the river divided and Elisha went across. When the group of prophets from Jericho saw from a distance what had happened, they exclaimed, Elijah's spirit rests upon Elisha. And they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. That That was long, I'm aware. But there are some themes here that I want you to recognize and acknowledge because this is a perfect example of what spiritual fathers and sons look like. There's a couple things that I observe in this passage of scripture, the first of which is Elijah actually gives Elisha an out. He says, hey, stay here you do not have to come with me on this on this voyage, stay here. And Elisha says, absolutely not. Like, until you're dead, as surely as God lives and as surely as you're alive, I absolutely will not leave your side. Three times he tells him this. Elijah actually gives him the opportunity. A spiritual father gives his spiritual son an opportunity to take a day off. And Elisha says, absolutely not. I am with you to the end. And the best part about it, it wasn't just lip service. It wasn't just trying to stroke the ego of the guy that he was following, but it was actually a lifelong commitment from the heart of a son to the heart of a father that says, where you go, I will go. The second thing I observe about this passage is that Elisha has this almost like uh, snarky response to the prophets from these different areas that they go to whenever they ask. Aren't you aware that, you're, uh, that your spiritual father, that Elijah is about to be taken from you today? And he says two different times to these prophets, he says, yes, I know, be quiet about it. It's like there's, th- there's this like defensive thing inside of him. He was actually more concerned about serving the heart of his father and loving him well than he was about th- than he was about what he would receive at the point his father moved on. I believe that the heart of a spiritual son always starts and ends in humility, starts and ends. Before Elijah ever even asked the question, what can I do for you, son? What can I do for you at the point I pass on? Before that question was ever asked, Elisha had committed to him, I'm with you to the end. Come hell or high water, regardless where you go, Regardless what I do or don't get, whether you ask me the question or not, I am with you to the end. This is what it means to be a spiritual son. It's not this fake, superficial, showy, for the accolades, for how it appears to people on the outside. It's not this showy, speculative thing. It's this place of sincere endearment that says, you have something that I want and i will follow you to the end come hell or high water it's long suffering it's enduring this is what spiritual family is it's long suffering and it's enduring i feel like oftentimes we hear we hear spiritual father spiritual son and the question can arise like how do i even how do i even begin <laughs> well, like what even is this like we're I have never seen a chariot of fire. If you have, please, I wanna hear that story. But I have not ever seen a chariot of fire like swoop down and take somebody to heaven. That's bananas, right? <laughs> so what does it look like to engage in spiritual family and find a spiritual father? I love Chris Valentin's story. Chris Valentin shares a story about when he was 17 years old. Um, he, he had just given his life to the Lord at that meeting, right? He, he had just given his life to the Lord at this meeting. And the leader of this meeting, it was like a home church type environment, tells him, you need a spiritual father. It was like the immediate next step, right? Which actually makes a lot of sense. Think about it. You've now given your life to the Lord. Now let's put you in proximity with someone who can show you how to walk it out, show you how to live it out. And what's interesting is he didn't go grab 40, 50, 60 year old men and bring them to Chris Valatin. He went and he grabbed three guys all in their early 20s. Chris Valatin is 17 years old. And he says, Which one of these three people do you want to be your spiritual father? (laughs) That's a little strange. So Chris Valatin is standing in this room. And uh, he he tells the story, he says, I just chose the best looking guy out of the three. Like, I I didn't know what else to do. So he just chose the the best looking of the three guys and he became his spiritual father. And it's almost comical to think about it that way. But I really just wanna demysticize and bring it down to a ground level what it looks like to engage in spiritual family. It looks like finding somebody who's a few steps ahead of you and saying, hey, where you go, I go. Can I come to dinner with you guys? Can I be around your family? We've got a young lady in Midland um, that, that we're discipling. And she asked us some time ago, like, I don't want like special time with you. Like, I don't need special time with you guys. I just wanna be around you guys. And so we just opened our door to her. So she'll just come to our house and she'll hang out with our kids and she'll watch um, Coco Melon. Jesus help us. Like, she'll, she'll, like <clears throat> she'll just hang out with us. She'll just be a part of our family. This was her ask. This is what spiritual family is. Find somebody that's a few steps ahead of you and just say, can I run with you? Can I run with you? The second category of, of relationship that I feel like we should have is those that we're leading. Um, I recently heard a story uh, some people that we're running with back in Midland, they help us with our home church that we lead, but uh, Corey and Louisa Soper, you know, you might know Tommy, it's Tommy's dad. I love these people, but Corey is a welder and he has an apprentice, and so they pull up on location uh, not too long ago, and they're, like, everybody on this work site is, like, doubled over, like, dry heaving and, like, like chugging milk or water, like, trying to, like, catch their breath. And Corey is, like, what are you doing? Like, what is happening? And they're, like, man, we got this hot sauce. It's called, like, the devil's paste or something like that. And uh, they're, like, it's so hot. We can't stand it. And, uh, and so then they ask the question, do you want to try it? And, like, any rational human being with a brain, Corey says, Yes, I want to try it, and so so Corey actually he takes a dab of this stuff, and uh, his apprentice wasn't with him at the time. Well, anyway, so Corey takes it, takes it like a man. He's like, you know, he's pretty hardcore. He's pretty pretty hardcore dude. Well, anyway, his apprentice uh, finally shows up, and he's like, hey, you need to take this stuff, uh, you need to try it. And the apprentice is like, I will not do that. I will not do that. And he's like. Yes, you will do that. And so he gets his apprentice to take the hot sauce. And anyway, but before the apprentice did it, he said "He said, like, well, I wanna see you do it. So Corey did it again. Like he took another dab at this stuff. And it, I, it's so funny cause it's such like a, just a funny story. But as I heard that story, it, I, it, it's really endearing to me because I feel like this is what leading people looks like. Leading well is simply loving well. It's inviting people into your story not just the spiritual components, not just the church components and sitting on the front row or the last row, for those of you back there. It's, like, it's, it's, it's actually like engaging in life with people and saying like, just you are welcome to our table. You, you are welcome here. I feel like many church wounds come from people who have received commitments that I will run with you. I'm with you through it all. Through thick and thin, but you look at your life today and they're nowhere to be found. Like this one's really tough. But if you've been in church for any amount of time at all, I will guarantee you this, at least in part, is a part of your story. So I just, I wanna just welcome you to this place of understanding. I don't know your story, I, I, I don't know the majority of your stories but I will guarantee you that the majority of people in here have some form of wound from spiritual family, whether a father, a son, a mother, a daughter, a brother, a sister. You have some form of wound in regards to spiritual family. I believe the Lord wants to reconcile and heal that wound. The truth is this, you are not responsible for the way you were handled and what was done to you entirely, possibly but 100% of the time you are responsible for what you will do with what was done to you. And what a gift the Father is extending you in this season to be able to extend to other people what maybe you wish you could have gotten in a certain season of your life. What a gift to be trusted with this thing called spiritual family. What about the cross was fair for Jesus? He carried my mistakes, my relational inadequacies, my sins. He threw it on his back and he took a step towards me relationally. You wanna talk about a mark of humility. This is the standard of spiritual family. I actually don't... mm. the risk of sounding insensitive, it it actually doesn't matter what happened to you as much as what you will do with what happened to you. Hear my heart. I I understand. My dad is a pastor. We went through a wicked church split when I was 13 years old. I watched my dad's name get drunk through drug through the mud, all types of false, j- just... Oh, I remember being 13 and watching my dad come home from board meetings, sobbing, saying, I just don't wanna do this anymore. I know hurt, church hurt. I know wounds. I know what it's like to feel like you're running with people and then where did they go? There is hope for you. So take an honest evaluation of where you're at today and understand, regardless what happened to you, All you are responsible for is what you will do in this season and the Lord will bless it. I promise you he'll bless it. He'll meet you there. The last thing that I wanna focus on today is the people that we run with. This is the one that actually came first for me in my story is having people that I could run with, people that I could call, people that could call me and say, hey man, you are really, really bad in this area <laughs> um, and you're, you're not doing well. What can I do to help you? Like even, even hearing that, some of you are like, that was my attempt at bowing up with a broken collarbone. It's not, it didn't go well. That's okay. It's just not okay to stay that way. The Lord is calling us back into relationship and we have to have brothers and sisters. I I got this vision some time ago of a middle school dance. I don't know if you've ever chaperoned a middle school dance. It's real weird. They're real awkward humans, generally. They left the room so I can say that. They're strange people, middle schoolers. Um. But there, uh, there, there's always like this moment universally where like everybody's just hanging out around the outskirts of the dance floor. Ain't nobody dancing, no, no. They're like drinking punch, having cookies, hanging out until that one boy gets the courage to walk up to the one girl and say, will you dance with me? And then inevitably what happens is everyone else follows suit. There's absolutely no way around the difficult and awkward step of pursuing a friendship in your life. It feels like kindergarten. I'm having these conversations with my five-year-old son who's really introverted, super sweet kid, really lovable and likable. But that tension of like, I don't know, I don't, he's not the most outgoing guy in the world. Yeah, you still need friends. Yeah, well, I've done it this way for 30 years and I'm okay, yeah, you still need friends. You're wrong, that's okay, just get right. <laughs> um, I'll never forget making a phone call uh, in a season of my life in 2019. I, I was just like looking for people to run with and I had this recollection of some guy that had led a Wild at Heart boot camp once, a, or not a boot camp, a Wild at Heart Bible study at one point in our church. I didn't even attend that, but I had recently read this book, Wild at Heart, and then uh, Becoming a King, which is kind of like uh, in the same vein. And I was wrecked. Like everything in my life changed when I read these books. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't even know who that guy is. So I texted Cody, uh, Cody Sykes, our campus pastor in Midland been a couple years ago. And I was like, Hey, who is that dude that led that wild at heart Bible study thing? And uh, he told me the guy's name. And so I was like, okay, cool. Do you have his number? He sent me his number. So I send this guy a text message and I'm like, hi, (laughs) I don't know this guy. I'm like, I I was, I'm like literally pacing. Like, this is weird. It's weird. This is weird. I don't want to do this. It's weird. But type out this text message. Do you like, can we go to lunch sometime? So we sit down at True Texas Barbecue. That's where all good friendships start is over barbecue or coffee, okay? Um, So we're sitting there and I just remember being at this place where the fear that had held me back from being vulnerable with people um, was no longer gonna run my life. The, The fear of what might be on the other end of this vulnerable conversation was no longer greater than the promise that lied on the other side of it. Even unknowing what that was. So I just kind of laid out my story. I'm like, dude, I've been like, I just made this confession of like looking at porn for 10 years to my wife. And we're kind of in this place of like rebuilding our marriage and regaining trust and blah, blah, blah. And I've got, you know, two kids, one on the way. And I'm kind of like in this place of blah, blah, blah. And I just like, like imagine getting asked to lunch and then a guy just like and so anyway, I kind of said what I had to say and then just looked at it. him. <laughs> it's weird, it's weird. It's weird, but it's right. So then what happens? He reciprocates. His story is very different than mine, but he begins to open up about you know, his life and his story and his struggles and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, I've had a brother I've been running with for three years now. This is, the guy that, this is the guy that when I have a prophetic dream, he's the second person I wanna call right after my wife because I wanna know, hey, what does this mean for my life? You know me in a very intimate way. What does this mean for me? Like when I hit a rough patch and I'm really struggling in my business or blah, 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 this is the guy that I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you observing? What are you feeling? What are you sensing the Lord is saying? Help me get my life right, bro. This is spiritual family. The beautiful thing about spiritual family is that you are covered. You are covered. should be following someone, should be leading someone, should be running with someone. And if you find yourself in lack or in a place of questioning in any one of those three relationships, here's the beautiful thing. If you're engaging in all three, you've got someone to go to. You got a brother who's acting a fool, Go to a father. He'll know what to do. Got an issue with the spiritual father and you're really trying to process it. And you know, one of your brothers has a similar story. If it's redemptive, take some wisdom, take some advice. You got a spiritual son, a spiritual daughter who's doing something that you don't have any clue what they're doing. Talk to a brother, talk to a father. <laughs> it's funny, it sounds so simple. It is. It is. <laughs> Engage in spiritual family, but there's no way around that risk. So take a step. Take a step. Thanks again for listening today. If you'd like to join us in person for church, Renew Life meets every Sunday morning at the YWCA at 6501 University Avenue in Lubbock, Texas. For more information on our ministry, check out RenewLifeChurch.com or find us on social media. We hope to see you soon.